Hey there, and welcome to Therapy FAQ. I'm your host, Tom Paulus. Before we get into today's episode, I'd like to get a word from our sponsors. The first sponsor is myself, Thomas Paulus Therapy, Therapy for Business. Did you know organizations and businesses need therapy too? It's true. Most businesses aren't struggling because they have the wrong product, the wrong service, or a bad cause. They suffer from unconscious people problems, and they need someone to help them see what's getting in the way. Stop wasting time and money on conscious solutions to unconscious problems and get therapy for business. Email me to set up an easy psychodiagnostic interview at tom at thomaspaulstherapy.com. I'm currently partnering with one to two organizations I believe in at a time. Need a full workup? No problem. Thanks to my colleague, Dr. Rebecca Showalter, we can reach deep and leverage the power of heavy-duty assessments like the Rorschach and the MMPI where needed. That's Thomas Paulus Therapy, Therapy for Business. Our second sponsor is ISTDP San Diego. If you're a licensed or associate therapist, ISTDP San Diego invites you to come and see what their community is all about. ISTDP San Diego offers trainings with world-renowned therapists like Alan Abbas, Patricia Coughlin, John Fredrickson, Steve Shapiro, and more. Visit us at istdpsandiego.com to learn about upcoming trainings. I highly recommend these trainings. Again, that's istdpsandiego.com. Finally, our last sponsor is EmotionFit, emotionfit.us. You take care of your physical fitness, but what are you doing for emotional fitness? Mental health is often clouded in mystery and stigma. EmotionFit is here to change that. EmotionFit shows you the cause of your emotional pain and coaches you through corrective emotional exercises to enhance your emotional fitness. Book a meeting with an emotional fitness expert to get tailored exercises to meet your emotional capacity and coach your emotional form. Go to emotionfit.us. And before I forget, please stick around at the end of the episode for a special treat from Justin Turnus of True Self Health. I hear lots of noise, but I don't see any other movement in the background. Speak to my senses. Don't need no answers. Carry this briefcase for me. Well, hey there. Welcome to Therapy FAQ. I've got my guest, Michelle. Michelle, welcome so much. So great to have you on the show. I'm glad you're joining me today. We've actually never met before this uh, until today, huh? Yeah. As we were talking before the show, I've known you, I, of you and your work. Um, so glad you decided to go ahead and join Instagram and uh, <laughs> start putting your content out there for the masses. Um, but uh, I thought here at the beginning, we could just take a minute to have you introduce yourself Um I mean, I can say a few things about you, but if you're comfortable just introducing yourself, sure. um, just, you know, in a minute, what's the elevator speech version of who Michelle is? And, um, and uh, yeah, I'm really excited to talk to you about a few things. I wish we had more episodes to do together, but we can always follow up because uh, right. plenty I of think that'd be good. we could explore, you know? Yeah. So yeah. Who are you, Michelle? Uh, well, um, I'm a psychotherapist uh, right outside of Washington, D.C. in Arlington, Virginia. 
Uh, I have a private practice that specializes in intensive therapy for adults and couples. So I do both uh, couples and individual work. Okay. Uh, and I'm also the chair at the Washington School of Psychiatry's three-year core training program in intensive short-term dynamic psychotherapy. Awesome. So we got the real deal here today. <laughs> um, and, uh, Michelle and I have been influenced by a lot of the same people, um, and you're further along than I am. And I, um, well, one question that came up that I thought we would explore here um, is related to will and the patient's will. Um, and the reason I thought that would be a good one for you is because you just made a nice post, like three-part series or four-part series on exploring yeah. the will and therapy. Obviously, you've thought a lot about this. Um, yeah. And I think it's a crucial issue that often gets overlooked in therapy. So I'm going to go ahead and read the question and I'll start our timer. And then at the end, when the timer goes off, we just end. So that's how it works. <laughs> so, um, and we have the awkward amount of 16 minutes. So, um Okay, so here's the question. I, I'm ha this comes from another therapist, actually, uh, who works in addiction treatment. Um, and uh, this person said, I'm having trouble with will and motivation in addiction treatment patients. Uh, mm -hmm. How can I help them in therapy? So mm -hmm. that's a big question, uh, a lot there. But um, I thought we would just kind of shoot from the hip and see see what comes up for you. Um, and if we have time, maybe we can even read some of the patient dialogue in one of your slides or something there. I'll pull it up while you're... I hear it so much, I might be able just to recite it. Yeah, really? Okay, good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, yeah, so what, uh, what re reaction do you have to that question? Yeah, I think this is a really smart question because any therapist that is not thinking about true will is... Uh -huh missing the point of therapy. So first of all, congratulations to the, whoever actually asked this question and yeah. has it in the front of their mind. Yeah. Um, but essentially, to go to the foundations of will, uh -huh. what that really means, people might think, oh, they just want to go to therapy. They've come, they've sat in the chair. That's enough. I have a, I have a, I have a patient or a client. But the truth of the matter is, is that there's actually multiple factors of will that as therapists, we not only need to check into at the beginning of therapy, uh -huh. But we need to check into throughout the entire treatment uh -huh. and whether or not genuine will falls off the wagon or not, to use a half metaphor, yeah. Yeah. is perfectly fine, right? Because it's all just information. If you hit a snag where your patient all, all of a sudden doesn't want to do something, this really isn't a problem. It's just information for us. Mm -hmm. So backing up, though, to look at all the different sections of will, if you will, the way I like to put it is, I want to work on my problem with you right now. Mm -hmm. So this extends a couple of things that I know you and Matt spoke about, right? Yep. Uh, and really includes a couple of major factors, right? Uh, one is I, I am the person who wants to work on this. I'm not here because my husband wants me to be here. I own this desire. Mm. Want is the desire, the actual feeling itself, a patient actually being able to feel a wish inside of their bodies beyond just, I'm here because I really want to work on this and this sounds like the right thing. And I've been reading a lot on Instagram how important it is to take care of myself. Really right? That's, flat. Really flat. No right. Just com It could be just compliance with some idea, right? Yeah. Who knows what it is, but we yeah. just know that it lacks a soul. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And without trying to help somebody find their soul, we don't really have therapy. Right. 
so that want is so important. And then, of course, one of the biggest errors that you, I know you are well aware of this, but one of the biggest errors therapists make is to work on somebody else's problem. Uh-huh. Right? So, and, and if even going farther than that, it's also that you're actually working maybe on your client's problem, but it's not something that either you or they can control. Uh-huh. Right? So when, they, when we say on our problem, it means this is what we refer to as an internal emotional problem, which is kind of a mouthful, but essentially means I want to work on something that I'm creating, mm-hmm. that I have the power to change. Mm-hmm. Very good. Right? And so um, uh, the other major components uh, are also the work component. This is where I kind of weave in a lot of defenses against true efforts, such as passivity compliance, Hmm. you know, issues like, yeah, I I really want to do this, but, you know, can't you just wave your little therapist wand? Yeah, yeah. I've heard you practice the super intensive therapy, Tom, like do your magic. That happens all the time. (laughs) Well, I saw this the other day. I thought patients said, yeah, anyway, I'll (laughs) recap it a bit, but I'll change it a bit. But basically the essence of it was, I thought you were going to yell at me and get me to feel something. Wow. They thought they were going to come in and and I was going to basically abuse them and to have reach in and grab something. Right. 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 So then when we didn't do that, they kept waiting for the magic to happen. You know? Yes. Do unto me your magic wizard. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's a nice, it's a nice wish. Right. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And you can't blame anyone for wanting that. Right. It's the pill version of therapy, which I mean, anyone in their sane mind, if they didn't have to work for good outcomes, they wouldn't. Why would they? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Uh, So that's one of the other major components of will. And the last two are a little bit more simple, which involves, you know, really knowing that your client wants to work with you as your therapist Mm -hmm. in this exact moment. Mm hmm. So there are these rotating factors, right? These six different components for us to track in any given moment to make sure you are fully supporting the true will of your client. Uh-huh. And of course, an entire section of therapy could be about helping somebody facilitate even one of those things. Mm-hmm. And people can have massive results just by focusing on one of those things, such as an internal emotional problem, finding out what they, you know someone themselves are doing to themselves. But wrapping this around a substance abuse, mm-hmm. you know, um, this is a complicated thing because you are asking somebody, uh, or at least they are asking themselves, to say goodbye to their best friend. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times we miss in substance abuse work, the grief. And what I found is as soon as you understand and help someone understand that this is a real loss and not just like, woohoo, you're getting sober, mm-hmm. but a real loss, then the grief is something that usually helps people's will actually get online. Ah, interesting. Because, you know, they, this is a complex issue. So that's just something I want to kind of add in terms of substance abuse work is to really honor the relationship with the substance. Right, right. Yeah. Right. Rather than um, asking them to not have mixed feelings about the substance. I only want to be sober. I only want to use. I only want, you know, it's like. Exactly. Yeah. Part of me wants to use another part doesn't. I'm actually having all kinds of feelings about calling this a problem and owning this as a problem. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, 
Of course, there's also often a lot of um, denial in, in the beginning of substance abuse treatment, where it's just sometimes important to mirror reality for a client. Uh-huh. Uh, it's important not to get involved with any sort of, um, you know, well, you should do this, or wouldn't it make sense if you, or, you know, that kind of stuff, but to really make room for the conflict. Absolutely. Absolutely. With that, that, that happens within substance abuse. It's one of the most devastating things to, to say goodbye to our, to our substance. Uh-huh. And, and uh, even the hands there, the way you're doing that. Yeah. I mean, in a way I can see that as symbolizing like a will battle between us and the patient, you know, like trying to, which happens a lot. I mean, I've worked a bit in substance abuse and seen all kinds of ways that that gets played out. Sometimes it gets, the whole relationship gets transferred on the treatment team so that there's actually a transference between the patient and the whole treatment group that um, they are in compliance with the treatment team, but their will was never really addressed in a way. Um, So they kind of handcuff themselves to the treatment. They're sober while they're in treatment, but once they get out, they're not in that that type of relationship with the treatment system. And so that was a false kind of sobriety, just as one example. Well, I love your handcuffs image because handcuffs mean no will. Right. Exactly. Right. There, there cannot be will with handcuffs. Right. Yeah. So they're just kind of, what would it look like for what others are? So there's some examples of what it might look like if you were working on someone else's problem, as you said, that was the language you used. Like what's, what would it might what might a patient be saying uh, if they were working on what's a clue that they're working on someone yeah. else's issue? So if I'm a client and maybe I'm a, a husband of a wife and I say, you know, I'm here, uh, mm-hmm. I've been drinking my whole life. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's caused me, you know, a good amount of problems, my wife says. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, she doesn't like it when I go out into the barn. And, you know, I hide all my liquor bottles back, back there, but she, she gets really upset when, you know, I leave her like that. And so I'm here to really, you know, uh, give her back the husband that she wants. Mm. Hmm. What a good guy. <laughs> what a good guy. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And, you know, what's amazing, of course, you and I understand that this is highly likely to be a projection of this uh-huh really good guy right he gives Uh, his goodness to his wife right his healthy wishes to his wife and uh, um we want to help him see that conflict uh and of course be able to completely drop the reins if it is genuinely not his wish okay right Mm -hmm. so then how might you redirect him when he says i really just need to give my wife you know back the the husband she wants and and Mm -hmm. yeah yeah what a gracious gift what a thoughtful gift. What gift would you like to give yourself? I like that. Excellent. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. Um, yeah, I can feel the nervousness kind of build because you could just put it back inside me. Uh, or you, you didn't allow me to put it, push it out onto mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Oh, well, I, I, um, I just want to be sober. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, what would that give to you? Well, my wife would leave me alone. Huh? That would be lovely. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's some things on your, uh, actually, on your um, page that I wanted to pull up here. Um, yeah. Where you actually show like some different versions of this. I can't remember which one it was, but I think you had an actual. Um, 
like patient. I believe it's number four. Okay, excellent. I'm gonna pull this up. So if I think if I think I know what you're referring to, uh, well, yeah, because I think it's really helpful for people to see um, what it's like when when it actually plays out in therapy. So you gave an example. Uh, yeah, it's number four here. Um, so you said here's an example of not getting a true problem, and I highly recommend you look up these slides. Um, the client says, "Why does no one want to date me?" And the therapist says, hmm, maybe they're intimidated by you. This is how not to do it, okay? It's speculation, right? Uh, yes. Client, I've thought that, or lots of people might not like that I'm an introvert. Therapist, but an introvert is really a perfectly fine thing to be. Basically, uh, the therapist is providing, I love that. The therapist is kind of empathizing with the patient, trying to help them not feel negative emotions. You so know? Everything about you is fine. Support yourself. Exactly. You're, you're, yep. yeah, you know, you've suffered so much. And I, this is what I used to do, you know, before, before mm -hmm. I knew what to do as a therapist, this is what I was doing, providing, um, yeah. ways that the patient could avoid their feelings. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> Uh, yeah. but, but also trying to empathize with their plight, um, but nothing really changes there. So then you, you um, analyze what's wrong, what, you know, the problems there. But then in the next slide, you say, um, here's an example of, of how, how we might want this to go. Uh, client says, why does no one want to date me? And you might remember what the therapist says. Uh, we can only guess at what others think, but we can get clear on what you think. Very nice. Um, client, I don't know, maybe I'm critical on dates. Do you think so? So just kind of projecting that knowledge onto the therapist there. Exactly. Uh, therapist, I, I wouldn't know because I'm not there. What do you think? So you push it right back in. And then uh, the client sighs, <sighs> which speaks to that part where you were talking about how there's got to be a desire inside. We're looking for feelings. And a right. is a great example of how that body is showing the affect, the feeling. Um, yeah. And the yep. client sighs, yeah, a little, but I hate admitting that. So the therapist says, what do you think? And the client admits, yes, I've been a little critical and I hate admitting that. And the therapist says, would you like to look at what's driving this criticism so you can increase your chances of a meaningful relationship? Exactly. Exactly. So yes. Productive. Yeah. Yeah. So there's like a couple of really important things there, right? Which is one of the biggest defenses that therapists engage in yeah. to block an internal focus. And it's so easy to get caught up in because it's so juicy and fun, which is to yeah. sit around and guess about other people because it has the bonus of never being proven to be wrong. Yeah. <laughs> how lovely. I might want to go back to that. Yeah, that's nice. <laughs> yeah. yeah, how wonderful. We can just wonder what other people think. Yeah. So we're really trying to help our clients uh, with substance use issues, with any issues. I mean, this applies to every single person that passes through our, our threshold, which is to develop an internal focus mm -hmm. and really look inside and see what do I know about myself? Where is my innate wisdom? And how can that guide me to some sort of, you know, not like, a, you know, a lot of people say my truth, and that might just even be based on a defense, you know, I'm talking about an actual concrete, yeah, I am critical. Yeah, yeah. Right. And now I want to, I can see what's driving that criticism and that won't guarantee me a date, but it's certainly going to increase my chances. Well, so well, you're really blocking a lot of those uh, defenses that a client inadvertently uses to get to an internal 
focus that gives people hope. This is what gives people hope. Absolutely. I love that. Yeah. Now, and I think um, one thing that strikes me, you know, just coming from my background and stuff like that, um, it, as I've come to see this as, you know, what you're describing, it, it puts a lot of faith in the pa- the healing potential in the patient. And right. we're not asking about their will because we doubt them. Do you really want to do this or something like that? But because we're trying, we know we, we believe in there is the thing that that's going to heal them. And, and we have faith in them. I think you're saying probably one of the most important things, which is that we must speak to the healthy part of the patient. Uh-huh. And I was speaking to someone the other day, a supervisee, and she was like, well, why do you assume that there is one? I said, because they came through your door. Uh-huh. It's so simple. Yeah. But you can just you can just ride out knowing that there is a healthy part of your client and you're just going to speak to that part the whole time. Yeah. Yep. That's so cool. That is so mm-hmm. cool. And I've had such cases where that is buried, you know, but where you where you where you continually uh, reach out for that part, even if you're not seeing it, you speak to the part that's covering it up as if it's covering it up. You know, the, the quote unquote exactly. part, you assume there's something behind it, even if you can't see it. You deal with what's in front of you. You absolutely deal with that and right. address that. But you're always placing faith that the, the healing force is in there. Exactly. And even when it's covered up, yep. right? It's covered with defenses. I almost think about it like a Halloween costume, you know, when you uh-huh. cut holes in the pillowcase and you put it over you. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Right? You uh-huh. might just see the pillowcase, this ghost costume, but you know there's someone in there because the form has something to stand on. Exactly. Beautiful. And so it's exactly the same thing with defenses and anxiety, right? If there is no person underneath those defenses and anxiety, there wouldn't be defenses and anxiety or feelings. There'd be nothing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So the presence of anxiety and defenses are, are, are kind of a gift to us as therapists because we can go, ah, you're you're in there. There's something to cover up there. There's yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But, yeah. Well, and it can be very convincing. I mean, like speaking of addiction treatment. Oh, we're out of time. Wow. That <laughs> well, I had a good nugget there, but we'll just have to save it. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, Michelle, I could sincerely talk about this for like five hours. I know. I know. Me too. Because once you see it, I mean, there's no one seeing it. Uh, Oh, I know. I know. I know. It's so true. So, well, but um, we're going to have to meet again on the next episode. Uh, And thank you so much for joining on this one. We'll explore. Thank you so much for inviting me. Yes. So glad you're here. All right. Welcome to one minute of breath. May we start by sitting upright, feeling our seat in the chair, 
taking a deep breath in through the nose, out the mouth, and really let the exhale go as if you are fogging a window in nose, out mouth, three more, a little bit faster, bigger in, One more breath, hold at the top for a moment in. Hold. Feel your heart, feel your posture, feel your strength, and let it go.